All right, everybody, welcome to the Joe Kilgallen podcast, aka Kilgallen's Pub. I hope everyone had a great Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, whatever you celebrate. I hope it was awesome. Took last week off of the podcast because, you know, holidays were going on. I had to do some last minute shopping and whatnot. But as always, I want to thank all of the listeners. You guys are amazing. Big shout out to the Patreon subscribers. Uh, new podcast up there with Mike Bridenstine, some really funny stuff. Also, wrote a couple blogs about the holidays and some other fun things. So if you love this podcast, feel free to support the Patreon. There is hours and hours of content on there, including podcasts that I had to remove because feelings were hurt and other such shit, but they're there for you. So check them out. Also to my YouTube subscribers, you guys are amazing. Got a nice little bump over the last couple weeks and I'm closing in on 10,000. I'm very close to 10,000, just a few hundred away. I'm at like 9,800 or something. I don't know, but I'm close. So tell your friends, It'd be a cool thing to get in the new year to salvage 2020. Without Enough about me, though. Let's get to our guest today. Our guest is a returning favorite on this podcast. I would say probably oh. one of my most popular guests. Oh! Uh, yeah, very popular. Uh, uh, one of the best comedians in the country. Uh, hilarious comic. Been on Comedy Central. Been on this podcast. Everyone, welcome back. The very funny Erica Nicole Clark. <laughs> As I'm blowing up smoke. Out smoke. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everybody. How are you? God, good. I'm happy to have you on. Was that a cigarette smoke or weed? No, cigarette. I couldn't. If I took a hit of weed that hard, <laughs> good point. I don't know what I would be talking about by the end of this. Have you but, been okay. to the country in Chicago yet? No, I haven't. Have you? I have not, but I'd like to. I really think I need to start. Uh, having like little 10 milligram gummy edibles during the day <laughs> as much as I love my sons, you know, being a stay at home dad now, uh, full time without the, because the thing is before was I'd watch my kids all day, but at night I got the release of going out and telling jokes, right? I'm not getting that now. So, and they're getting a little older, which means they seem to have more energy, which I didn't think was possible. My right. one year old is straight up a Tasmanian <laughs> devil. He's great. Wait, he's he's one? And then how old is the other one? Three, he'll be four in a couple months, and the other one will be two in April. So he's like one and a half. Um, okay. And they're a lot of fun. They play with each other, but every now and then they'll they'll be crying, and I'm like, "What happened?" And it's like, "Well, he headbutt me, so I pushed him down." I'm like, "Don't push him; he's your fucking brother." Like you know. <laughs> also, like he's if he headbutts you, that's an accident. He's one; he doesn't get it, and he's bouncing, he's jumping. <laughs> one day I lost. I texted my wife, going, "You know, I was in the delivery room, and I'm pretty sure you gave birth to a human baby, but this is not a human baby." This is some sort of fucking animal that just won't stop moving around this house. And he's laughing at me. He he sees me getting frustrated. He thinks it's hilarious and he keeps doing uh, it. Kid's great though. I mean, but still, he's the one I think is gonna be like an entertainer. He's got that. And the other one I think is gonna be a straight up bruiser. So <laughs> one, ha one has the tough psychoness of my personality, and the other has the look at me, I'm awesome side of my personality. And together, I now hate myself for being like this, you know. <laughs> All right, I had to get that off my chest. <laughs> so do you want to have children? <laughs> what? So do you want to have children? Um, I don't think so. That's cool, but that's why I always ask that after I rant about kids. It is awesome. No, it, I, don't it's not even, I don't know. I'm not like I and, and I'm a teacher, which is like strange, but like, well, not strange. I like teaching people. Like, I really like teaching. Like, I like, but I, if it was adults, I like explaining stuff to people. I think I'm good at that. Like, and not making people 
that's why I even worked in special ed. Now I work in gen ed, but I think I'm good at uh, explaining stuff to people without making them feel stupid, you know, or like, or like, no, you know, whatever they don't understand, I'm able to like break it down in a way, whatever. But like, it's like, I get to leave bell rings at three and I'm like, all right, bye. I just, I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't, cause it, there's like a line you can't cross. Like I like, you know, at school I could just be like, uh, you're just uh get the fuck away from me. After, like, I hate that kid. But if I had my own, I feel like you'd be like shaking the shit out of it. Like, <laughs> yeah, <everyone. laughs> I think okay, a lot yeah, of people worry. But you will yeah. be your own. It's weird. It's weird. Like, look, I'm I'm tired in this, you know, pandemic and all that shit's going on. So right. it adds up a little bit. But as a comedian, <laughs> I've never done jokes about like my kids drive me crazy, which a lot of comics do. Right. Is, the comics who do those jokes, it's like you're never fucking home. We know you. You're never around <laughs> these kids. Do they drive you crazy? You're on like, Saturdays. Yeah, you're right. there, you're on the road all the time, all these comics. Right. You know, I'm like, where, like, Louis C.K. would do jokes about his kids. I'm like, when the fuck do you see your kids? Right. You have a TV show and you're on a world tour. You're, <laughs> you're home, they're right. Knowing you because they're like, are you my dad? I don't know who you are. <laughs> Who's the strange man that I never get to see? Are you, right. Bothers you? Is that what's happening? Right. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm, he, maybe he's a more dedicated dad than I know, but it's funny that it's kind of like that. My dad was home. It would vary. Either he was home for one weekend a month or he'd be gone for like he'd be gone for like two months, come back for like two weeks, gone for two months, come back for two like it was never like a big like so to me it's like when he came home he was like the fun person. Do you know what I'm saying? Like because when he came home it was just like oh let's go out of town or like go somewhere like That's why I wanted to yeah, like it was always fun, fun with him. So yeah. that's why I think, yeah, with entertainers are talking about like, yeah, like it, oh, it has right. to be. In case people are listening for the first time, Erica's father is Lawrence Fishburne. Who's <laughs> <actor>. No, fuck <laughs> out. Her dad, though, for real, is Mr. T, everyone. Um, so like when he was shooting A-Team, he'd be gone for a while and then come back and all that. Yes. Right? And then um, there was a time, though, like... Like in the real like midst of uh, a team, like my dad had a lot of appearances and stuff. Like especially like I remember when we first moved up to the suburbs. Like he was gone for like six, seven months. Like he'd call, you know, he called like every night or every other night, but like he'd be gone for like six or seven months because even when he was off, he had to do uh, he had to do like WrestleMania. Oh yeah, and stuff like that. <laughs> Or he'd have to do a commercial, so it's just like he'd be gone for a really long time. Maybe come home for like a night and then go someplace else. So, was he in an MCI commercial back in the day? Remember that? I would probably oh, he did a lot. He did a like Snickers. Oh, I do remember Snickers one he did. Yeah, yeah, he did like you remember one eight hundred collect like when yeah, you used to get the little yeah. card. Yeah, he used to do those. He did like Burger King. Burger King was like his most lucrative thing ever. You guys just had Burger King all the time back then? <laughs> he used to, but like, yeah, like Burger King, like he did like a Turtle Wax 
But like Burger King was like the first like national commercial he'd ever done. And I like Burger King. Um they give away the better Happy Meal toys. Full <laughs> Simpsons dolls. Do you remember that? The Simpsons dolls? They had like Simpsons dolls, Burger King did. They had all these really good Happy Meal toys, and now I don't think they do shit. So I, I, don't know, I love Burger King, but the I last time I, it's great. But the last time I had it, I don't know if it was like the, I got that like barbecue double cheeseburger thing they do, like the big, yeah. you know, thing. And I don't know if it was the sauce, but it ran right. You ever take a shit so badly? <laughs> I don't, I need to ask my female friends this more. I'm being sexist, not asking my female friends about the dumps they take. But Eric, okay. Have you ever taken a dump so bad where you're like, I don't feel like a woman anymore? That was so, that was so unladylike. I don't know. I, I remember after that Burger King dump being like, I don't know what kind of person I'm going to be coming out of this bathroom. Because it was it was a hard one, you know? I, do you know why? That's why, not why, but you know what? I ordered some Uber, like I came home, the, it was the last show that we had. So it was sometime in October. And I was so hungry. It was at Laugh Factory. But it was like we I had done like the seven, nine, and eleven. That's like when they put back the nasty show or whatever. Yeah. And I never got a chance to go get something to eat. So I was super hungry. So I came back home. <clears throat> it was like one o'clock. Got some Uber Eats from White Castle, right? And I love White Castle. I but man, like have you ever, I don't know if you ever, but like, have you ever eaten something and you're just, you're lighting up the room while you're asleep? Like I was waking up and smelling my gas, like, God damn. Like, and I knew the second I woke up in the morning, like, it was just like, ah, uh, it was rumbling. It had. You knew trouble had, was on the horizon. Yes. It was kind of like burning onions, huh? Oh, burning! Oh my God! You live with your boyfriend, right? Huh? You live with your boyfriend, right? Yes. Yeah. Do you like what the fuck's happening right now? Did no, he, he was that? gone. He was gone. But normally, like, yeah, he he's a weirdo about that because, like, he's always just like, oh, you smell. Like, he doesn't really care. But I, I remember one time I did that before when we were first dating. We got high and we got some White Castle because White Castle is literally a block away. And we got some White Castle. It was like the first month we were dating. And, you know, we oh, like ate White Castle. Like, we had sex. We got high. We had sex. We got some White Castle. And it's like, hi. And then like in the middle of the night, I was I was praying. I prayed to God. <laughs> like, please don't make me diarrhea at this man's house. I don't know him <laughs> very well. Like. And you know, like he has one of those apartments, you know, people who have like their bathrooms are too close to their bedroom. Like it was just like, I, I can't like, I would have to run the water. It would have been messy and loud. <laughs> oh man, that's the worst. <laughs> You're yeah. like, I can't have him hearing me. So I have to run the water. Yes. So what, what a fucking date night. White yeah. castle getting high and sex all in one yeah. night. Yeah, and then we watched um, uh, what's it? Uh, Straight out of Compton. You know, I still haven't seen that. You haven't seen that? No, I wanted to see it really badly when it came out, and for some mm -hmm. reason, I didn't go like opening weekend. And I was going to. I was talking to people, and we we're going to see it. I think I got mm -hmm. I from, like Long Beach Laugh Factory or something because I was in L.A. at the time. And it is, no, it's highly enjoyable. 
And yeah, I know everyone said it's great. And then I, I didn't get around to seeing it. And then I got annoyed because the internet was doing a straight out of this, straight out of that. Remember? Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, I'm going to wait until this comes to DVD because you people have fucking ruined this for me. <laughs> Are you dorks? Really? You're straight out of Burbank, California? Really? <laughs> you know, straight out of Lincoln Park? Or what's that like? Yeah. like fucking geek. It was you funny, know? though, because it was like, uh, I, yeah, the movie's highly enjoyed. Because especially because we're around the same age. So like that I music. Like that a lot, too. Yeah, all the I, I love that movie, all the Dr. Dre, Chronic CD shit, Snoop Dogg, so like all the music's in the movie, so it's very like ah, nostalgic. Like oh man, yeah. I remember they gave him um, whoever was like in charge of wardrobe because it's not the mm -hmm. actor. They gave uh, that guy shit because I guess they had I, I don't know who Dre maybe wearing a White Sox hat. But yeah, but there was an out. That White Sox hat wasn't out yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard stuff like that, right? Like that version of the White Sox hat wasn't yeah, out. Back in 1990, but this movie took place in 1986 or something. I yes, know. yeah. And they had like some Adidas stuff on or Nike stuff on that wasn't out yet. Then, no, I got to watch it. It's got to be on my list. I'm sure it's on like, I don't know if it's on Netflix, but I'm sure it's on like HBO or something, right? I'll yeah, it's I'll highly it. enjoyable. Yeah, it was. It's like not like everyone I mean, I know loved it. Hmm? everyone I know loved it, so I definitely yeah. Got I, I I was thoroughly surprised that it came out. I mean, and it's like every person that every person that you kind of want to make an appearance makes an appearance in it. You know what I'm saying? Like Who there's the you? huh? I mean, not like cameos, but like there's a Tupac in it. You know, there's a Snoop in it. It's not yeah. yeah so it's. Yeah, Easy E. I was a big Easy E fan, and that was Where the first. Really? I was, well, you know what? So, all right, we're gonna date ourselves right now. Everyone okay. listening, Erica and I are old. We're not old. We're not. <laughs> but do you remember the box? It's called the box. Yes, yes so of course like, I remember the box. I'm yeah, I knew you would. But for the listeners, the box was like if you didn't have cable and couldn't and didn't have MTV, it was this. Fuzzy station that played music videos that you could kind of call up and get, play this video, but it was right. like a dollar nine phone call. Anyway, <laughs> but you'd see videos. I don't know why anyone would call because you just sit there and could watch other people. Are right. <clears throat> and I remember the Easy E song got played a lot, and I can't remember the name of the song, but I remember loving the lyric. I was like seven, so it's pretty hilarious that this is the <laughs> lyric that I love. Right, where he says. Motherfucking Snoop Dogg, mother. No, he goes, Motherfucking Dre, motherfucking Snoop Dogg, motherfucking Death Row. Here comes my yeah. left blow. And I just thought that was the coolest line ever. Because <laughs> <laughs> I love fighting even back then. I'm like, oh, the left blow, that means he's going to hit him with the left. Awesome. <laughs> I was way too young to be into that line, but I always liked it from that. So then when he died of AIDS, like six months later, I was like, what the right. fuck? <laughs> like, wait, no. Yeah. Yeah, man. Cool. And that song is not played in the movie. Why his daughter was, his daughter was very very upset, cause you know like, you know when Ice Cube left N.W.A. right? It was a big deal, right? And he made that song called No Vaseline. Have you ever heard of this? No. Oh, oh, you should you should you should listen to the song No Vaseline. It is probably number two of the greatest diss tracks ever. It's got some. Well, you know what. I hate, I'm not even going to say that, because some people say it has, like, anti-Semitic shit in it, and it really doesn't. Um, Why would just, it, though? He's not Jewish, is he? 
No, but, no. Their manager was their manager was Jewish. And so like Ice Cube says, like, how are you gonna be NWA with a white Jew telling you what to do? And all these people are like, Oh, that's super anti Semitic. And I'm like, really? Fired his manager recently. Who? Chance the rapper fired his manager recently. He did? Why? I don't know, but it was weird. I, I sometimes I'll read a Twitter thread and it seemed like a lot of people were like, No, fucking his manager was right. I guess it was an argument because I guess the last thing I didn't mean to change the topic, but the whole thing, think of it. Um, I guess the whole reason was so his manager was I actually my cousin was friends with Chance's manager like in high school. Um, okay, the manager, but his real name is Pat Corcoran. Um, mm-hmm. And it was a real weird story about how he became the manager of him. He kind of grew up. Pat grew up with like his dad had some money. Dad owned a business or two. And his kid was kind of a fuck up in high school, but like a smart kid, just never did homework, you know? And he said, look, if you don't want to go to college, but you have a business idea instead, I would rather invest that than to have you go fuck around in college and not really get anything done anyway. So uh-huh. come to me with yeah, like, like write a proposal and I'll, you know, I'll bank it. And I guess the kid was just always into like hip hop and stuff and came across chance and then just talked to him. And then went to his dad going, I want to get into management. I've got this guy who I think is incredibly talented and I have a plan. And so his mm-hmm. dad's like, this actually sounds good. Here's some money for, it. and the plan worked because chance got really big. But, um, anyway, I guess with the last thing that chance released, Pat told him, this is a dumb idea. I don't think, I don't think this is your best work. Or I don't think we should do this or that. And they kind right. of bumped day, like butted heads over that. And then it right. flopped. I don't know what chance's last thing was. Um, I'm terrible with new music. I'll yeah. I'll hear five years from now. That's me. I'm listening to shit from 2015 going, this is awesome. Everyone's like, that was five years ago. I'm like, listen, I'm busy, you know? But uh, I don't know. I guess we're going to do a big argument about that. But it was interesting seeing people like in the comments being like, like the manager was like, to him. Because normally people are like, fuck management, you know? Right. Like the, the right, the artist is right. Yeah, I am, I'm not, usually on the side. I am not a big chance fan. I I'm like not. that. What was it three or whatever he called it? That was pretty good. And coloring book was all right. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's good. And I, I know there's talent there. Um, I haven't right. done like a dive on a lot of his stuff, but from the mm-hmm. things that are popular enough that get a little radio play, what's that one? No problems. That's a fun song. Right. Yeah, of course. That's a great, that's a great song. Real quick. How white did I just sound? That's a fun song. Yes. Anyway, so uh-huh. I got to check out. I got to check out straight out of Compton, and then I got to mm-hmm. hear this song called "No Vaseline." And when we get I off, I want to know why it's called "No Vaseline." Um, because he said "Vaseline" on as I said it, or what, what did you just do there? Was that chapstick? I just, yeah, I just put chapstick on. Oh, I thought it was yeah. weird. In my brain, I'm like, did she just put Vaseline on? <laughs> no Vaseline. No, no Vaseline. It, it's what, what you think. He he's. He's literally, he literally says it in the song. NWA, you're getting fucked in the ass with no Vaseline by your manager. Yeah. (laughs) And I love it. Huh? Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I love it because you can listen to it today. There's no subliminals. There's no like, "Hmm, who's he talking about? He literally is like, fuck you, Easy E. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you, Dr. Dre. You're a bitch. Like he's so it's it's kind of fun to uh 
But anyway, so when he came out with that song, Easy E's retaliation song was the song you were singing that like motherfucker like uh cube whatever but they never played it in a movie so i guess his daughter was really upset um i, I would have loved to have heard i i've got to hear that song again i'm gonna listen to it later hopefully it's on spotify and all that kind of stuff yes it is it's called uh motherfucking uh fuck i get yeah it's I called motherfucking the name of song. such a it was a it was a big hit at the time yeah too. it's a big hit it's just not no vaseline i can't believe you never heard no vaseline i i really wish i would have it's like in the debates of like one of the greatest hip hop disses. All right. Well, I'm going to jump all over. I'm going to make a list of that stuff. Um, <laughs> switching gears slightly because I don't want to feel like a dork by not knowing anything. Um, okay. Although, did Easy E, because he died of AIDS, yes. was there any like rumor that he was gay or no? No. He had, I think it's like known that, yeah. Like on tour and whatever, like he slept with a lot, a lot of women. And um, you even see in the movie, he finds out pretty late. You know, like he's got full blown AIDS. Like, yeah. When he finds out, like there's no, like, uh, there's no, like, HIV, like whatever. Yeah. So he found out pretty late because I think between him finding out and him dying is like three, four, five months. That's sad. I mean, does it, whenever I think about someone like that dying, I wonder if Ice Cube and, and Dre and Snoop and all the people he was once friends with that he's no longer friends with, if they thought to themselves, you know what, life is too short to have these. They grudges. did. They have that, that part in the movie. Cause like Ice Cube, when he left, he didn't talk to them anymore. And then when uh, Easy E died, he kind of started talking to them again. But like, yeah, like, I don't know. I always think, like, I always wonder, like, you know, you watch biopic. I love music biopics, you know, like. Yeah, me too. If it's like, but I feel like they kind of, like, throw some elements in to, like, make it, like, a nice, happy story. You know what I mean? Like, where some shit didn't happen. Oh, they definitely do. All of yeah. the bio movies I've ever heard of, there's always a scene or two where... And it's always in the opening weekend, like reviews, like, oh, right. you know, this movie comes out Friday. Here's what we thought of the movie. And then it's like the people who know the person going, that shit never that happened. Never, you know? Right. That never happened. That person doesn't exist yet. So like they do that, but maybe they just have to Hollywood up it, Hollywood it up a little bit or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. Remind me off screen to tell you something about like a story I read about somebody. And just okay. reading it, it's like, oh, yeah. Well, you know what? But, I want to have a podcast for this week because I want to know, damn it. I know. <laughs> but have you ever had that, though, for real? Have you ever had it where someone dies and it makes you reevaluate? Like, not, I haven't had anyone die that I had a grudge against, thank God, because that would be right. like, oh, that sucks. There's no closure there, you know? But right. I've had, there's been a few, whenever there's a comedy, a comedian death, that always, always hit. It always hits us hard because we're comedians, right? Right. And it's sad to think of someone who brings a lot of laughter and joy into the world as no longer being in the right. world. Yeah. You know, like, I didn't know Robin Williams. I shook his hand once, but his death, like, you know, fucked me up for a little bit. Yeah, this, that's literally fucked me up for a little bit, you know? That's literally who I was going to say. Robin Williams made me, like, be, like, so fucked up. Because I always, I always thought, like, I wasn't a huge fan of his. Like, I, I didn't, like, dislike him, but I wasn't, like, a, you know, where worship. But, like, 
he was enjoyable. I liked his movies. I liked everything. But then, like, to see him commit suicide was, like, the saddest shit in the world to me. It's, like, it's, like, not like he just passed away. It's, like, oh, fuck. Like, he was so funny. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It makes sense. When we were in grade school, Chris Farley's death. Chris fucked me up. Especially because... Like, did you ever hear the account of what, like, that uh, prostitute said? I've heard parts of it, but you might as well recap it for me. She she just pretty much said, like, he was, like, really lonely. Like, he wanted to do drugs, and he was really lonely. So she stayed there for, like, two days. But then it was kind of like, I need to get back out here on these streets, you know? And she said that, like, (laughs) he was, uh, like, oh, please, please don't leave me, please. And then he, like, went, like face down on the ground like he was literally reaching out like please don't go please and it was like drop dead like and i think like damn that's so fucked up like like he's like begging a prostitute to stay with him like i think he probably knew i think sometimes people especially drug addicts and 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 people who are just in that dark dark space they must know the lead singer of the band alice in chains i remember reading about how he died how did he like, die? I was a huge. Oh, that was another big death for me, Kurt Cobain. When I was, see, a kid, I wasn't. I wasn't. I'm a diehard Nirvana fan. Like, there's a Nirvana thing behind me. Uh, uh-huh. I love Nirvana's music, but I didn't get into him until like a year and a half, two years after he died. <laughs> because I, I was nine when he died, and then mm-hmm. I think I turned ten like six months later. So it was '94, I believe, and um. At the time, the music I listened to was your favorite band, the Beatles, in the car with my dad driving around. And I know Eric doesn't like the Beatles, everyone. And then um, the music my babysitters listened to, because my parents were divorced. So, uh-huh. and I live with my dad. I saw my mom on weekends. After school, I had a babysitter, you know, and they were all teenage <laughs> girls. So, you know what my favorite shit was in 1994? Salt and Pepper. Oh, both. my God. Like, that's what I listen to. <laughs> that's what I listened to. I listen to oldies <laughs> and, and that. right? Okay. And then, and then my one friend was like my best friend, my fr- my buddy I talked to um, mm-hmm. all the time, and um, still my buddy Michael Paco. If you're listening, what's up, buddy? He um he lived across the street, and I remember going over to his house for something, and he went into his sister's room to grab something, and the door opened, and it was literally posters everywhere, and it was mm-hmm. mostly Kurt Cobain posters. Uh-huh. And like, who's this guy? And then he said Kirk Cobain, and that name sounded familiar, probably because I heard the name on TV a bunch when he had right. died. Right. And he's like, You don't know Nirvana? I'm like, No. And he goes, All right. And then he put on Nirvana. And I remember being like, What the fuck is this? Because I'd never <laughs> heard anything like that. Because I'd only heard, again, oldies and RB. Right. Um, I became huge. So I didn't, his death didn't impact me the way it did people who were like into him at the time. I was, it's so, it's so weird. Like, cause I grew up in Lake Forest, right? So like when I was a kid before that, it was all like metal bands, you know, with like long hair and shit like that. Yeah. And like, that's what all my friends listened to. And that would be like at the dances and shit. Right. <clears throat> and then I remember, I distinctly remember the chronic coming out. Right. And like right. maybe being in like sixth, fifth, sixth grade, but I like really liked the chronic. And my older cousin was like, well, if you like the chronic, you should listen to NWA. So I would like sneak and listen to him. And like, you know, if you listen to one of NWA's albums, like when you're like 
11 or 12 and they're talking about like sucking dick and like you're just like oh my god <laughs> like I was just like so like oh my god but none of my friends were listening to it so I kind of was like oh well whatever and then I remember doggy style came out and then it was just like every boy everybody was obsessed with doggy style like the whole cd like everyone's like huh you remember the cover to doggy style Yes, with the dog went over in the doghouse. Yeah, like yeah. every boy like would be like acting like Snoop or be looking him and smoke some Indo and like all these white kids and stuff. So it was like super huge. And then like Kurt Cobain came and like, yeah, my friends, we were totally into like Kurt Cobain and Alice in Chains. I was a big fan of them. And then um and then I switched again because Biggie came out. And then I was just like, oh, my God, everything about Biggie. And it was, like, weird. I never really went back to, like, alternative, like, rock, like that. But, like, for some reason, Alice in Chains and uh, Nirvana, like, really, really hit me at that time. Like, I don't know. It was some good stuff. I mean, they both had unique voices. You know, I always tell people, mm -hmm. I'm like, I don't consider the, I guess the guy from Alice in Chains, though, if you wanted to, had, like, different octaves. Or Chris Cornell from Soundgarden. Yeah. It's a cover of uh, Nothing Compares to You, which Prince wrote. Sinead yeah. O'Connor made famous. Um, yeah. And he his vocal range is insane. So he actually, some of those guys really could sing. But what I liked about like Kurt's voice was that it's just unique. It just had a weird... Right. It's like, still like raspy and... It's raspy, but it had like, I don't know, you just, you believed what the fuck he was saying. <laughs> You know, like there, there's some right. singers who I'm like, this isn't like traditionally like amazing, but right. for some reason the, the way you're singing it is sounds cool to me. Right. There's have you ever seen um reaction videos? Yeah, on YouTube is fun. Yeah. Yeah, where people are hearing songs for the first time or whatever. It's really I'll say, it. I'll say it. black people love Kurt Cobain. Yes, that's it what I was about to say. Watching black people hear Kurt Cobain for the first time, especially when he sings like, oh, where did you sleep last night? Yes. Like there is probably 50 of those videos where people are like, oh my God, what the fuck? But um, there's a really- He's a huge Nirvana fan. Yeah. And uh, there's these two black guys who hear uh, Wood by Alice in Chains for the first time. And they're like, this is going on our playlist. I'm listening to this song every day for the rest of my life. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, but his death was sad. His death was sad. If you read about, like, I think it's what did he do? Did he overdose on heroin? He did, but his body was like decaying before that because he was just so fucked up on heroin that I think his organs were just slowly shutting down. And Damn. people would go to his apartment and be like what the fuck is that smell and then they realized it was like his body and they're they're like he just got the shower why am i and it's like it's not it wasn't a bo it was like uh you're slowly fading away like mitch hedberg apparently had the same thing where really? I, I remember talking to i did some comedy club where that story got brought up mm -hmm. i don't know where i was maybe like the mm -hmm. richmond funny bone or something and like the guy was saying like yeah i remember him coming here we were one of his last weekends before and they were just like, everyone knew it was only a matter of time because he was just in such bad shape. But what was sad, you were talking about before, like, or what we were talking about, like when you hold a grudge with someone and they die or Chris Farley being, please don't leave me. And that these people right. who are in these dark places, they kind of, they almost know that 
deaths on the it's horizon. Um, right. He was talking to one of his old friends, and the friend was they were going to an argument. Maybe it was like one of the bandmates or something. And and um, I forget the singer's name though. Something Cottrell? Cottrell? What the fuck was his mm-hmm. first name? I don't know. Anyway, the the singer from Allison Chains, he um, was like, "Don't leave it like this. Please don't leave it like this." Uh-huh. And he just thought to himself, like, why do you say it like that? And then when they found him dead, like two days later, it's like, oh, he knew. He just knew right. that the end was near. And but do you ever wonder that? Like, will you know? I hope not. I don't know. I'm weird with death, <laughs> dude. I am so sorry. I am too, dude, but I'm saying, like, feel. Not like a not like okay, you have cancer and you're 95 years old, but like if it's a car accident or something, like, do you think that you'll know somehow on that day? I don't think I'll know. And I, I, I don't, I'm, I'm, to, I'm torn between this though. Cause I remember talking about something once with my dad, where I told him, I go, cause he told me a story about these, this couple driving on the Dan Ryan the expressway in Chicago for our national <laughs> worldwide listeners. <laughs> They're driving on that. And I guess the, I think the guy was driving. He turned to say something to her. And in that brief second, he didn't see that the truck in front of him had like, it was like a flatbed truck or a higher up truck that didn't have something on it anyway, had had to slam on the brakes. So they went full speed into the back of it, decapitated them. Like that's how they died. You know, going and slamming into the back of a truck at 70 miles an hour. And and I remember being like, that's my biggest fear. Because when I saw those Final Destination movies, I'm like, fuck that shit. I don't want yes. to die where I lose my head or lose limbs or blow up or anything weird. Right. You know, I, don't anything. I don't want like a, a a casket with my picture on top yeah. of the casket because my body <laughs> can't I want to die. I want my casket to be me in a Hawaiian shirt, which I've never worn before, but I want <laughs> it because I'm hilarious. You know, I want a Hawaiian shirt and a fucking boner and, and sunglasses and, and I, so I want to like, be always so, party. so fucking old. You want to be like weekend at Bernie's. You want to have sunglasses. I, I want to take me around. I want to go to one last Cubs game as a dead guy. Don't do <laughs> Just sitting in the stands. No, I just want to be. I don't know. Yeah, I always think that. But then I think if you have that feeling, then I make myself super paranoid every time I'm like out. Because then I'm like, is that the feeling? Or is that like, I don't know, but I feel like, you know, I read somewhere once because they said like babies, there's stuff. There's no medical reason why babies come out the day that they do, you know, like even like they come out when they're ready. It's like a snap in their head and they decide to turn and start coming out. There's no reason why, like when's your son's birthday? February 15th and April 23rd. Okay, so let's just say February 15th. Like, <laughs> there's no reason why he didn't come out the 14th or the 13th or the 16th. He just decided, like, well, that was it. Do, so it's a bad example. Well, but oh, my God. You can't, uh, <laughs> not him. But it's, it's like, right. You, you, so people feel like it's some innate thing that's in us. So, like, that same thing is in us when it's like, all right, it's time to go. Which is creepy. That is creepy. Right. Because you, know, you, you do hear about some people. See, that's why I'm torn about how I want to die. Because, you know, I remember saying to my dad, I don't want my head cut off. It's like, well, no one wants that. But, like, 
I, I also thought I wouldn't want to go this way. And he said, well, you won't care. You'll be dead. Like you'll be dead. And I'm like, well, I don't want it to just go away. Cause some people go to sleep, but they don't wake up. And they're I think like, that's yeah, great. the switch goes off. But then I wonder if that happens, right? Is do your dreams all of a sudden become like like are you just dreaming about like a Cubs game and then all of a sudden like you see your grandpa or something? He's like, Hi Joe. You know, like does something happen where you're like, I'm not dreaming anymore? <laughs> we don't know. We don't know. I know. I, that that sounds better than the, the <laughs> fucked up alternative of just nothing. Just nothing. You know? Just blackness. Yeah. Or what like I don't that's like, you know, I so badly, you can't ask a blind person this. And I don't know any blind people, but I would like to be like, hey, what do you see? And they're going to be like, nothing. And I'm like, is it just, right. it's nothing? Is it, right. a, is it what, no, like, because you can't say to them, is it, you couldn't even say, is it a white light? Is it a black light? What is, right. they'll be like, I don't know what white black is. Right. That That's sucks. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. We just got real dark right now on this podcast, but. <laughs> And the reason I don't want to just die in a way where I want to be able to say goodbye in a way. I want to be able to know that this is the end. I don't want it just it to be like, that's it. Snap of the fingers. You're gone. That's why Thanos right. was a dickhead, you know? Um, oh, you want to hear a funny story? So I was in yeah. an Uber. All right. Then we don't have to be I dark. Definitely, I definitely hear a funny story. Okay. Well, but this is about what we were talking about. So do you watch the show Unsolved Mysteries? Or I have you watched? Yeah. Huh? I used okay. to watch. So, and you know how they came back on on Netflix, right? Yep. Like new episodes. I haven't seen them, but apparently, when that uh, huge tsunami hit in, um, I forgot what country it was. Remember that tsunami that hit on Christmas? Yes. Like it was like maybe Asia, I think. Yeah, like ten years ago, maybe. All of these uh, cab drivers and random people said that, like, you know, the tsunami hit like in a second and it killed people instantly. Um, a cab driver was talking about, so I was in an Uber and the Uber driver was telling me, because he was just like, oh, what shows do you watch on Netflix? And he was just like, oh, I was watching Unsolved Mysteries. But he's telling me about that episode. And he said that one of the cab drivers said that a lady and her kid like hailed him down or whatever and you know they got in and they're talking about the tsunami and shit and she's like yeah it was crazy and she gave him her address to her house he's like they got to the house and she disappeared and he saw later in the paper that she was like one of the thousands of people who were missing cons considered dead but I guess like two or three other cab drivers had had the same experience where like there's people who believe that when you die instantly, like when you die like that, like, you know, where you're just walking to work and you get shot in the head or something like your brain is not aware or your soul, your body is not aware of it. So your first instinct is to just go back home. So I'm like, oh, man, that's creepy. And he's like, yeah. But when I tell you, this Uber driver talked to me from 79th to Laugh Factory. And I'm fact. like, do you think I'm dead? <laughs> he's, like, <laughs> he's like, kind of. I kind of do. <laughs> I, he was, I saw that and it creeped me out. Because, yeah, but they were saying, like all these, I guess these 
psychics were saying like when people die instantly and they're kind of like they're kind of like in limbo they don't know where to go they tend to go home wouldn't that suck if you're dead and you yeah. go home to your shitty apartment like, right oh. and then you kind of start realizing like oh wait a minute i'm not i don't know what happens at that point but that's what they said happens when you die instantly you kind of are like i'm lost you're kind of like a lost yeah that sucks <laughs> that sucks. well I, I don't know I, I just sometimes think about it where i'm you know i brought up comedians dying because there are people in the comedy community I don't talk to anymore and or and whatever. And part of me thinks like maybe I should bury the hatchet because I don't want one of them to die and then be like, ah, uh, you know. But then part of me is like, no, fuck them. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> That's what I no fuck that. You deserve that. No, yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's it's it sucks. I don't know. Death's weird to me. Um, right. I know you're right though. Like it's so fascinating because you're like, we don't know what happens, and it's so you don't know how you're gonna go. We're so fragile. I am so overprotective of my kids. It's not right. Fun. And I'm like, I don't give a fuck. I'll be, I'll gladly be the dad that is psychotic about their safety. <laughs> I will wear that shit like a badge of honor. Gladly will I, because the, I mean, because because my big fear, I just when I see people doing stupid things, I go, is that how you want to die? right you know like that look skydiving i'm sure is safe and people say it's a rush and how much fun is it i just think to myself like with skydiving i'm probably like this is awesome but then if the chute doesn't open the whole way down i'm going this is how i die this is how i die stupid fucking idiot what do you think it was a bird the the headline yeah the story what they're going to say about you they're going to spell your name wrong Huh? I, would literally, I would literally be roasting myself on my way to plunge to the earth. I'd be like, you <laughs> dumb motherfucker. You couldn't They're gonna be happy on the ground. Three L's in Kilgallen. <laughs> yeah, they're going to spell my, yeah, they're going to fuck it all up. You never got to do this. You're fucking one right. you know, lasted one more year. The Bulls rebuild or something like there's so much <laughs> more shit you could have accomplished, but you thought it'd be fun to skydive. <laughs> They, like who cares why would i have done this that's like that's why i don't want to die in a way like that where you have time so to what, what are your like 2020 like and i say this and i don't want to hear any bullshit i want to hear like straight shoot for the stars what do you want to happen in 2021 for joe in comedy what okay. would be something that could happen that you're like Fuck yes. Yes. I fucking got it. Yes. Suck my dick. Everybody. Well, Something that all the weird. people grudges on would be like, fuck Joe. <laughs> all right. Um, I want this podcast okay. to blow up. I okay. want blow up being... I want a hundred Patreon subscribers. I want to crack the top 200 on the iTunes comedy podcast charts. I okay. want, because here's why I'm focusing on that because we don't know when standup will be back full time. So right. say, realistically, April spring. Right. So if you would have, if you asked me in 2022 in 2022, I want one of the major platforms to want to buy my next album slash special. 
I want Amazon or Netflix or whoever's Comedy Central HBO. I want one of them to be like, we see what you're doing. You have eyeballs. We love your stuff. We want you to put out your next hour with us. That's what I want to happen. But realistically, I don't think, yeah, I would love for that to happen in 2021, but I just don't know if I'll have a new hour in 2021. Right. 2022 thing. I want to, I'm approaching 10,000. I want 100,000 YouTube subscribers. I want okay. to just keep building my fan base my way. I'm not, I, industry shit. I'm not focusing on that. I'm focusing on the shit I can control. Um, I've been putting out a new tick. I've been putting out a TikTok video every day for the last for the whole month of December. Essentially, I don't do dancing. Okay. It's just stand up. Like <laughs> I do. I put up podcast clips. Stand okay. Clips, and then they'll have trends they'll jump on. Like in um, November, they had like uh, no nuance November where you just give opinions on something without explaining like the opinion. So I would just right. say like, no one gives a fuck that it's not real Mexican food. Taco Bell's awesome. And then I would say right. another opinion and another. So you give like six or seven and that's like, that was like a video and then um, some other shit. But like, so it's not all like stand up clips because you're going to run out after a while, but I like it as a platform anyway. But I just, that's what I want. I want to continue to grow this podcast. Um, and the reason I say a hundred Patreon subscribers, because that means I'm doing something right. If people want to pay me monthly. Um, right. And yeah. And then, and then maybe, and then in the fall, I want a national tour where I'm doing yes. my own venues. Um, you headlining or you're on headliner. Okay. You know, even if it's going to a, a, a city, like, I don't know, like Cincinnati and doing like a hundred seater, but they're all hundred people are paying to see me because they caught my comedy on YouTube or Instagram or wherever. But they're like, right. I like that. Dude. I'm going to buy his ticket. That's, right. that's what I want in 2021. Now, let me ask you the same question, Erica. What would you like in 2021? Well, I had a 2020 goal, but the pandemic took that away because I was watching some show and then uh, this is, okay, this is cheesy and you know me. So I, I'm not big on like. Okie dokie artichoke the other day. <laughs> This is in comedy. All right. I'll make this short and sweet in comedy. Everybody loved Eddie Murphy when we were growing up. Everyone loved Eddie Murphy in standup. And I loved Eddie Murphy. And then I saw Roseanne and I loved Roseanne because it was the first time I ever saw a woman kind of joke like a man jokes, you know, like she's not like my cat, you know, she's like, come here and fuck me, you know, like, so, uh, <clears throat> but, uh, I saw some interview where Eddie was saying he was going to go on tour this year in 2020 before the release of coming to America too. So like my whole goal of 2020 was to get on one fucking show. Like, and I felt like, and this is such a shitty thought process, but I'm like, I want to do it with my talent. If I have to fucking say who I'm related to, I will fucking say it. <laughs> like, Please, I just wanted, I just wanted five, just one show, just a guest spot with Eddie fucking Murphy, like in, in a selfie, like, cause that was one of my goals before with Dave Chappelle and I got it, you know, like I don't have to go around the world. I just want to do stand up. I want him to see it and I want to take a selfie with him. Whatever happens after that happens. So, um, that's still kind of like a goal. I don't know if he's still planning on going on tour, but like, 
Um, that's, that's something that I want. And uh, I would love, I, you see, the thing is, I really, really want it, like you said, a Netflix, Amazon, something like that special. Not necessarily an hour, maybe like the shorter ones. But like, do you follow like Netflix is a joke or Comedy Central on uh, Instagram? I believe I follow the Comedy Central one on Twitter. I mm-hmm. want to say stand up. I'm pretty sure I follow that. They um, are people are ruthless in the comments. In the comments, and like they put up one of my clips, and I have yet to read a comment. <laughs> I mean. Smart. It's just like, because you'll just get, like, I just read the last comment, which is like, they said somebody is funnier than this girl. Like, some comic they tagged. And I was just like, that's, I'm not about to read any further. But like, yeah, I know people can be ruthless about it. But like, I'm just like, yeah, I would like, like, I would like a stand, uh, I, I would like a special, I mean, you know, I had the Comedy Central thing, and that, that was dope, but that was a couple of years ago. I would definitely want to, like, step my game up and get on some shit. But like you said, that that's like the industry shit. Like, they usually come to you after you're done so much shit for yourself already. Yeah, you, you get know some I mean? buzz and some heat, or you get enough other people talking about you, which... Right. It, it's weird how everything works because there are how many people do we know that are amazing, but the industry doesn't fuck with them. Right. I feel like a lot. And then we have the other way where it's like people, you're like, that person has one and they're fucking. Yeah. So I just feel like it's, I feel like they don't know what's good. They're regular people who are just trying to figure out how they could sell you. They just want to sell and make money off someone. So they go, Oh, I'll, we'll pick this person. Cause maybe their backstory is interesting and hopefully right. they develop into something bigger. It's like right. crafting teams in a sense. So I don't even, right. it is what it is. Right. But I'd, I'd be surprised if there's negative, co- you know, it's weird though. Cause with standup comedy on Instagram, I see negative comments, but on YouTube, I don't see nearly as many. Like I've right. been pretty fortunate where most of the comments on my stuff are pretty good. I'll get some negative ones here or there, but overall I'm pleased um you are very popular on my youtube channel i really a lot of people comment talking about how much they're you know i, I send you some screenshots when you get some um <laughs> so i know a lot of godfrey I, fans I, I think like you. i don't know about instagram but for some reason like if you go under the go under the netflix as a joke just look pick the first video on there and look at the comments and you will okay. see a shredding I um, instagram can i bring this up real quick here uh, Laugh Factory posted one of my videos like a week or so ago. Yeah, it has a lot of likes. I actually, I did, I got curious, and this is the boredom. Normally, I'm smart enough not to get into that kind of shit because it doesn't matter. But right. it, it, it got more likes than other videos from popular comedians that had more views because you could see the views. So right. I'm like, oh, percentage wise, people love this, but the people who took time to comment didn't. Although there's a lot of <laughs> There's a lot of positive ones, but it's probably like a 50-50 between positive and negative. But the what, negative, was, what was the joke? Okay, so the joke was... So this is going to be like a little behind the music, but for the joke. It was one of the few jokes I've written over quarantine. And it was one. I think it was like my first set back that they used the clip from, which is funny because people right. are like, this guy's funny, but the audience is dead. I'm like, it's socially distanced, buddy. Like, the, you know. Right. So, right. And and someone said like his energy, he's kind of low energy. I'm like, I'm not low energy, but I was that night because it was my first set in six months or some shit, you know. 
Um, so that, that got me defensive because I'm like, you're calling me low energy? Right. You, you want to comment back. Like, shut the fuck up. Right. Yeah. So, but anyway, you're smart for not to. But here's what killed me. They started calling me like a misogynist and they're saying like, how is his wife with him? Here's the joke. I, I basically start off the set saying like, you know, a little bit about me. I'm a stay-at-home dad. My wife, she's a nurse. Hero, you know, the crowd cheers, right? Because, you know, nurses, yeah. they, they, they should cheer because nurses are amazing and it's a hard job. And I say that, I go, yes, hell yeah, nurses are heroes. I'm glad they're getting the recognition. And then I go, but a little overrated too. Um, I think I think a hero would have time to suck her husband's dick a little bit more. <laughs> and I say it with like a smile that tells the audience, I am fucking joking. And that joke was inspired by a real life exchange between my wife and I. Right. A rough shift. She was, you know, it's the beginning of the pandemic that this joke was inspired by. You know, working hard and like I'm rubbing her shoulders and she's like talking about how terrible things are. And I'm like, so this would be a bad time to try to get my dick sucked. Would this be a bad time? People kind of laugh because of course it was a bad time. Right. I'm kidding. People right. are commenting like she should leave him. What kind of fucking asshole? You expect <laughs> her to have time for you after working so hard during a pandemic. And everyone's mm -hmm. like, oh, it's so cool of Laugh Factory to promote misogyny. I'm like, well, are you people insane? See, that's what I'm talking about, right? And you're just like, it's a fucking joke, right? Which, you're talking about before the podcast, Eric and I were talking a little bit about like some internet stuff. And I'm telling you, it's this world of Twitter where it's not reality because we have to remind ourselves that most people aren't on Twitter. And right. some of it could be fun, but there's a lot of it that's like people who never had, you know what? It's a bunch of people who complain to uh, the manager and it's now they're all together. <laughs> And they get to group together and try to tear people down who they feel have wronged them. And they, they search for it. They do. Yeah. They, will, they will switch your words around any chance they get. They will attack you where it's like, oh, so you think people should be poor? And it's like, no, I never fucking said that. What are you talking about? Right. Well, you just said healthcare would be hard to pass. Yeah, healthcare might be hard to pass. I think we should pass healthcare. Oh, well, you're just weak and you don't believe people should have healthcare. No, I didn't fucking say that. I said we should have healthcare, but it's gonna be hard to pass. That's all I said. Because yeah, then it'll, it'll suck you into these arguments. Have you seen the new arguments about like landlords? Yeah, everyone hates landlords now. Which is everyone hates landlords. That, but they're like some lady. She tweeted today, and it was so early. I woke up so early today, and she tweeted like, "My landlord's evicting me. It's not my fault. His broke ass can't make any money unless his tenant pays." And I'm just like, I, I, I'm so confused. I'm so confused. Like, when did being a landlord make you a shitty person? Our friend when Hannibal got trashed. Huh? You remember Hannibal got trashed for being a landlord? Yeah. That's, and then that's what they were. That's what was in the comments. Oh, it, you think landlord, even Hannibal Burris is a landlord. He's disgusting. And it's like, what the fuck? But then, like. On Instagram, it'll be like, learn to like buy your own property and rent it out. And it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> so that's a way to get rich is to get real estate. But you should never ask for rent, I guess. <laughs> I, yeah, it's, it's insane. Look, there are some of these, I can understand hating these like property management groups that will go buy a building in some neighborhood and like gentrify right. the shit out of the stuff around there. Or they'll kick right. out tenants because right. they want like a price yeah that's that sucks right mm -hmm. but i also know friends like hannibal who specifically saved up money 
so that they could rent out a property. A lot of them will live in one unit, rent out the other two because it's just a smart, good investment and they're right. not making a killing. But if all of a sudden both units stop paying them, they'd right. be like, oh, I'm kind of fucked. I got and one friend who inherited the- a building and right. he wasn't doing that well, but it's a source of income. So if it's gone, he's mm-hmm. like, yeah, I'm, I, I'm fucked too that. I don't know. Cause I, yeah, I, I know. I responded to one girl because I was just like, well, because if you guys don't pay, then he can't pay the mortgage. Exactly. Yeah. And the whole building's going to be taken away from you. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I that, that conversation, exi- that Twitter especially is extremes where everybody's far this way or far that way. And it's right. no sense really because real people, when they're at a bar drinking or having a conversation like we are now, could actually talk things out. Right. In the world of Twitter, anyone who owns property is literally, they think landlord, they think they're like an English lord. They own a manor. <laughs> they have, they have uh, estates and castles. Not really. You know what I mean? Like, I know people who are like, one you know, apartment <laughs> that he's renting out for $500 a month, and someone's like, you're a fucking demon. <laughs> my, yeah, I know. My friend was literally, he had a three flat. Him and my uh-huh. brother were both single at the time. The ones just got married. They was engaged. Um, I know they're both married now, actually, because they just got City Hall because you can have weddings now. Um, but they were living in the basement unit and they rented uh-huh. out the first floor and second floor. Uh-huh. They like 200 a unit. <laughs> but they got the rent. They paid the mortgage and they had an extra 400 bucks between the two of them. So 200 bucks each. Right. So they, paid, they paid for an extra Saturday night. Like, I mean, it wasn't like. <laughs> Those are demons. <laughs> But their goal was to then take the 400, put it in a, like a savings account. And then once it, you know, after a couple of years, buy another building and then right. you know, all of a sudden the 400 is 800 and, and kind of max out that way. I understand people being pissed off. And I think the eviction should be a moratorium on that. You can't be evicting people during a pandemic. When right. can't work. That sucks. Right. The government fucked up by not freezing mortgages and rents. It should have been freeze mortgages and rents. That way, if you do own a three flat, hey, you don't have to pay your mortgage. They right. don't have to pay the rent. Everyone, no one's. Right. money right now so therefore no one should be losing money either but right. the government do that and so now you have they, landlords they froze, uh property tax <laughs> yeah they did some property tax freezes for a stretch i believe they also yeah. student loans they took off the interest maybe for a stretch it's, yeah like oh no, no. <laughs> it's a little shit there's just a lot of people who aren't making money dude i get i got an email from uh, a representative from only fans the other day I thought there was just for nudity. Is it not? Do people just post no, this? Like, you know, uh, OnlyFans is like Patreon, technically. Why did I think it was only for... Na- Imagine if there's a hot girl you like and she's like, subscribe to my OnlyFans and you go on there and you're like, fuck is right. that? <laughs> right. Like some people, for real, for real. Some people have like cooking shows on OnlyFans. Some people like... Uh, there's some guy who gives you like real... You know how there's like bullshit financial advice? Yeah. Like, you know, and then there's like real financial advice. Like there's people on there who have only fans that are just like $10 a month subscribe and I don't give you shit that really, were, you know, shit like that. Like you don't have to be, uh, but you, obviously if you can choose between a loan officer for $5 a month yeah. or a bitch showing her pussy, you know, for the there's cucumbers. There's a lot of people in our world. There's a lot of comedians that are doing OnlyFans now. Yes. There is a woman who I follow, which, I mean, she is making me lean towards doing this. And she just does, uh, 
feet videos on OnlyFans, like painting her nails, doing her nails, scrubbing them, washing them, painting them. And she puts up, uh, you know, her, um, her totals every month, how much she cashed out every month. And it's like 26,000, 31,000. I mean, of men subscribing to this woman giving herself a pedicure like once a week. I mean, she's straight doing pedicure. She's not like, she doesn't have a dick or anything. She's just getting her, doing her own feet. And there's some, some man in Kentucky who's like, Ugh. I don't understand. <laughs> I, I'll never understand a foot fetish. And I know, I, I know a couple guys that love them, but I just don't understand. I love feet. I love yeah. feet. I love feet. Yeah, all, all my men, I I have sucked their feet, but they're really <laughs> big toe in my mouth and my face. Put it everywhere. I <laughs> love men's what feet. What is it about it? What is it? If you don't mind me, I don't know. They're just clammy and oh, they're just it's. It's so inappropriate to I don't know what it is about it. Like I could just I could rub a man's feet like all day long. I don't know what it is about it. Like the second a guy takes his like shoes off, I'm I I have to like not look at them. Like even if it's just like a random guy, like if he takes his shoe and socks off, I just I try not to look at his feet. Really? Yes, I, or I'll be like, oh, can I, huh? Each their own. That's great. I mean, <laughs> don't you have a weird like uh, every guy has a weird thing that you like to see on women? Like some guys like nails, long nails. I like I like neck, a woman's neck. So that's I tell my wife to put her hair in a ponytail a lot because I like <laughs> I like I do I I don't know, but um, I wouldn't pay nine dollars a month. <laughs> I'm putting a necklace on a bunch of women like. Yeah. By the way, Erica, I've been asking, can you lower that turtleneck a little bit? <laughs> no, I need to know what would make you pay ten dollars a month to see your single man. Oh, if I'm a single, yeah, because I was gonna say there's nothing that could because right. I'm married and it'd that's be like, like that's not like vagina breast, like fetish 10 bucks a month for a fetish what would i pay yeah, like what is your fetish some people like eyelashes lips ears i don't know maybe i don't know maybe i'm a little boring then i um that doesn't make you boring i don't think i have any i don't have like a specific maybe i haven't discovered it yet i haven't um let me think a specific thing where i'm like yeah i'm let me get some money on that <laughs> Um, I, I really don't, I really don't know. And I mean, it's not, I'm not holding back. Anyone listening who's like, oh, he's holding back. I'm really not holding I, back. Um, I, cause no, I would, I would pay definitely if I were like single or something like that. I think I'd like, um, instructional videos are kind of cool when they like tell you what to do. Uh huh. Okay. So those are kind of cool. Um, but I don't know. I don't know what I would pay to do. And I'm not against it. I know there's I know there's people who I see all the time. OnlyFans is like so many people are doing it. They're, like, I'll go through Facebook and they're like comedians we know who are like subscribed to my OnlyFans. And I'm like, yes. 
any of the comedians who are making money know that it's open micers who are paying to look at you. They probably know. They see the name. They see the name right? It's so much money to be made. But yeah, the, like the top people are like over like a hundred thousand a month, hundred thousand dollars a month. That is fucking ridiculous. And they're women, right? Who's who'd pay a guy? I wonder what the top they're, male earner is. Um, I think Chris Chris Brown has one. He's an OnlyFans, Chris Brown. But it's like Instagram pictures. It's like, sir, show us your dick. Like, I, I don't want to see you dancing. <laughs> I don't want to see your daughter. <laughs> you know? see, that's what I want to know because there's been a few people who have posted the link that I've come across. Uh-huh. Like, uh, and I click on it and I'm thinking, oh, it doesn't say if they're naked or not. I, again, that's what I mean. You could click on it and then all of a sudden you're like, wait, what? You're... Right, I paid for a blog. Right. Like Chris, <laughs> yes, like Chris Brown's pictures are like it's like no, sir. I want to, I want a dick. I'm not paying, and they're thirty dollars a month. I'm not paying thirty dollars a month to see Chris Brown's headshots. Well, everyone got mad at that Bella Thorne. Yeah, yeah. She said something like, "Hey, I'm going on OnlyFans and or whatever," and it it, it was the biggest OnlyFans ever because she's really yes. hot. And all the, you know, it was like $2 million or something. She made $2 million in one day and with a picture with her, like, in a nightgown, like a fucking teddy. And But she said it was going to be boobs, and there were no boobs, like, no nipples. So people were like, well, They're we feel perfect. lied to. So everyone's like, we want our money back. But, like, on their end, they couldn't handle that kind of refund. So they got, like... Yes, they couldn't. So now they've lowered, because it used to be the max was, like, I don't think they're was a max but now they've capped the max of like what you could charge because they didn't have all the money to pay her her fucking two million in one goddamn day i know <clears throat> fucked over a lot of people and a lot of people like hate her now and yeah screwed up sex workers and stuff like that so yeah i i it's funny i had to google that whole story to understand why it was like fuck bella thorne but yeah so now there's a cap on it and is there any? Well, let me ask you this then. Okay, so it's feet. So if there was, if there was a, a male comedian who was posting feet, Dave Chappelle had his feet on. Um, I'd be on there. I'd You'd be. be on there. That'd be a charge, like how I have Hulu <laughs> and fucking Amazon. Only fans can bundle it. <laughs> yeah, I know. Give me the bundle. Dave Chappelle's OnlyFans, uh, Amazon, Hulu, Netflix. Well, I know my wife wouldn't let me do an OnlyFans where I'm naked, but if I if I could convince her feet, like you got to convince your guy if you could do feet, or maybe you're just like fuck you, I'm not married, I can do whatever I want. Uh, I would, I, I wouldn't ask. I would just do feet. Yeah, I guess you. Because I feel like feet. I feel like feet. You could be like, you know, like because the girl she showed previews of her, and like she really is like soaking her feet and like scrubbing them. You know, she's not doing anything weird with them. But it, right, she's got like thousands of subscribers. So I'm like, I guess I could do that. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know why I brought up my feet. I want to make money off my feet. My feet are gross. I don't, <laughs> think I, have, I don't have nice feet at all. I don't think at least. I've got long toes. Is that you into that? <laughs> I've been told. I've, I remember being like at pools and people being like, Jesus, can you pick shit up with those? And I'm like, I actually can. Like when I'm cleaning my kids' toys up, if it's like a toy I could grip on my foot, I'll fling it. I'll pick it up and fling it into the toy box. It's something I do. 
Oh, you got little monkey paws, huh? I oh. do. I do have like long. I'm not going to show you, but I do. I'm actually wearing matching socks today, which has been rare in these. That days. is a rarity. Yeah, because who gives a shit anymore? I know, right? I just don't feel like matching. I don't go anywhere. I don't leave the house unless I'm going to the grocery store. I know. I don't see anybody. So what's the point? You know. That's the only thing I think I've done in seven days. I went to Jewel on Monday. Have you been trying to like better yourself during quarantine? A lot of people are like, I'm going to learn an instrument or I'm going to learn a language or whatever. Have you done anything besides just, you know? I have, oh, I'll, I'll tell you this. I always like talking to you about shit like this. Like the beginning of the pandemic, I tried to write some scripts, right? I have been trying to write scripts since I was 19 years old. And like this year, I just got it through my, I fucking hate it. I hate it. I hate formatting. I hate interior day. Yeah, I, I hate it. I hate the spacing. I hate the fucking um, the apps or the shit you have to do. I just fucking hate it. I hate writing, trying to write 90 to 100 pages of fucking shit. I just hate it. So I was kind of like, I was talking to somebody who wrote a screenplay, right? And I was telling them I wrote like a 30 page version. Like I tried to write a pilot episode for a TV show. Right. Cool. And I, it, I wrote 30 pages and I sent it to him. And like, I was just like, I want you to read this. And he's just like, Oh, the formatting is so off and the dialogue. And I'm like, ah, I fucking hate doing this. Yeah. And so he was like, why don't you just tell me the story? Like just normal, just email me like what you're trying to convey in the story. Like, um, so I just told him, cause it was about me when I was in high school, I used to be a bit of a stalker. Right. <laughs> and so I just literally, it's without all the fucking dialogue and interior, whatever. I'm just like, look, me and my best friend, Aslan, we had a crush on this guy. We were in science class with them. We found his address. We would drive past his house. My other friends, like his friends, so we getting like, I just told him the story. And he was like, that was more interesting than that whole 30 pages. And he's just like, and so I, I, I kind of decided, like, I don't know what's going to happen of it. I don't even know if it would be accepted if I sent it out. But, like, I'm better at writing movies like that. Like, if I could just be like, these are these two characters. This is what happens. This is the, like, like okay. a treatment. A More like, yeah, that's what that'd be called a treatment because you're just yeah, writing like, like, a little I, outline or yeah. Yeah, and like I can put bits of dialogue or what exactly I want happening, but I'm just like, I just I don't. I've been trying since I was fucking 19. It's like 20 fucking years of I've had three finished scripts. That was that stalker one I did this year. I did a spec script of that 70 show. <laughs> 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 when I was 19 or 20 and then I have another one I wrote like when I was super high one night which is actually really funny but yeah they're just all I'm just not good at it you know it's just not my thing if it's well honesty is big you gotta be honest with yourself sometimes which is really cool but right. you have stories you have ideas so I think your goal should be to just be a person who gets in the room with various studios and production companies and pitch the idea and what i heard a lot of them will do 
is they'll then partner you with a writer, like a professional writer right. who does this shit, and they'll type away while you're like, right. and then this happens, and like you could kind of, and then they'll have their say too. They'll bounce some stuff, and then right. it'll be written by Eric Nicole Clark and whoever they partnered you with. I'm fine because um, you know what I yeah. wanted to write. Okay, you know I know you've seen these movies. There are fucking there. They're cookie cutter movies. There is a man and he's married and he has kids and he cheats on his wife with, you know, a random mistress, the random, and then he tries to break it off. The mistress goes crazy. She boils the rabbit. She harasses the wife. She, you know, tries, you know what I'm talking about? You know, yes, that movie that it's, it's, it's every lifetime movie, whatever. <clears throat> She tries to pick up the kid from daycare. A rabbit you know, part, whatever. I like, though. Leave the rabbit alone. That's sad. <laughs> and hurt then, the you know, eventually he's got to tell his wife that he cheated, you know, and then there's a big chase scene, and then they end up having to kill her, you know, or, you know, calling the police. I want to write that same movie, but I want the mistress to kill everybody. <laughs> I want her to kill the husband, the wife, and the kid. And the bunny, and oh, then no, the bunny bone. Uh, <laughs> I, like I just, yeah. want, I just want her to be successful. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want a fatal attraction where you kill her in the bathtub. I want, I want her to successfully kill the whole family and move on. Because I read this whole article. The point of all those movies originally was to scare men from cheating. Right. Like, you know, don't cheat on your wife. These mistresses are crazy and you're going to have to kill her and she's going to almost ruin your family. But then there's always this ending where it's like, oh, him and the wife are closer together and the crazy bitch is dead. Not in my movie. I think to well, truly scare men, she's got to kill him. There's a movie that was the reverse of that where the woman was cheating. I think it was called Unfaithful. Richard yeah. Gere, the husband. Yes, and, and he killed the dude. And he killed the dude with, I think, like a snow globe. He bashed his head in yep. or something. Yeah. I do remember And then you never that. know what he does at the end. Do they run or do they go to the police station? Yeah, they just kind of drive off in the dark. And you're like, all right. In the dark. <laughs> yeah, See? I don't know. You always feel bad for the person who gets cheated on. So you kind of, in your setup, you know, the mistress is the winner. But you kind of want the wife to kill everybody. But then maybe the wife's like, ah, fuck, guys, she didn't know or something like that. And well, let's kill the husband see, together. Like, I never even thought about that. The wife could kill everybody, too. She could. She so, could kill her husband. Kill the I wish you have a new take on that genre because that is a very lifetime. And you're right. Every right. couple of years they make that for Hollywood. Because um, I, I, I wrote an article. I, I do this because I'm bored. But like, I like, do you like scary movies? Yeah, I mean, I haven't watched any lately, but sure. Um, scary movies, I can tell in the first, like, 60 seconds who's going to die and who's not going to die. Like, if it's a woman and her kids and there's a crazy man chasing her, no one's going to die. Like, maybe a neighbor or a police officer. If it's a bunch of teenagers, the whore's going to die, the pothead's going to die, the fat kid's going to die. Yeah, the main character, Virgin Girl, is never gonna die. Um, yeah, so always lives. There's actually like all these study. Uh, I'm super into scary movies, so there's all these things about like 
uh, when people write scary movies, like there's a safety when you go see a scary movie, you have a safety in knowing, okay, that person's not going to die. Like if you go see Scream starring Nev Campbell, you know Nev is not going to die. Like you just Barry know. Barry Moore getting killed was kind of a surprise because she's yeah, a good man. Yeah, that becomes like, and then when you kill main characters, then people get really scared for some reason, which is really weird. Um, people get more frightened of movies when the main character dies. Because yeah. the main character technically is you. Yeah, you're like everything that they do, decisions that they make, you're like, oh, I would do that. I would do that. So if they die, you're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> so I like the idea of, I had this idea once where we're just throwing away our best ideas out to the public right now. I know, uh, right? I thought about it when I was like, I was at a mall and I think it was when I was living in LA. And I was walking to the bathroom and I thought to myself, wouldn't it be cool if there was a movie where they're following this guy and he's walking through the mall. He's got to get to the bathroom. He's got to piss, you know, and it's just kind of going through him, you know, and it's the the cameras following him as he goes through the crowd. And as he walks into the bathroom, he turns the corner and then bam, he gets punched in the fucking head and there's a big fight. (laughs) And that guy dies though. And you're like, what the fuck? That was the guy I was following. I'm him. And he died. And then it turns out he's not the main character. The guy who kills him had to kill him. And then now the movie follows that guy around. Yeah. Like, the action star for the movie. And it turns out he's a hitman and all this kind of shit. But then there's a little kid in the bathroom and he sees the whole thing. And then the guy looks at the kid going, the dude was going to, he was going to molest you. So, you're <laughs> and then, and then it kind of turns into a comedy. You know, <laughs> it's a good idea. I don't know. Maybe I'll write it one day. I like it. I've been wanting hey. to write ideas lately too. Cause um, I watched Christmas Vacation recently. I love Christmas, movie, right? It's great. Movie. I love that movie. So love good. It. That movie. Now, if you, anyone listening wants to get into script writing, that movie does such a great job of following like the format of your of a really good story. Yes. Typically in movies, everyone, right around minute number ten or minute number twelve, the main character will basically state what they want, like what yes. they're going after. Yes. And then by like minute by page 25 or so, you were fully in the story of like we're going that way. Because right. like 10 to 25, it's kind of like, is this what we really want? And you got to calm down. And you know, so right around the 10 minute mark of Christmas vacation, they're in bed. Clark says to his wife, I want to have a good old family fashion Christmas. My whole life I've wanted to have the perfect Christmas. And then she's like, but you overdo things. You got to calm down. And is this a good idea? My mother hates your mother. And this is so stupid, you know? Yeah. And then they're fully into it. And then they have that midpoint. The midpoint in a lot of movies is what is either a false victory or a false defeat. Now yes. the false victory is when he gets the Christmas lights are on. So he's so yes. pumped up. He's hugging his family. We did it. This yes. is new. And then, then Randy shows up. Yeah, Randy Quaid, Cousin Eddie shows yeah. up and they're like, what the fuck are you doing here? And from right. that moment on, everything goes bad yes. for him. Like, the, you know, the, the squirrel comes in the house, the tree, he doesn't get the bonus, right. all this shit. That yes. movie, I watched it, I'm like, fuck, I, now, I see it now. And there's some stories that I didn't know how to tell before that I feel like I could tell now, but I don't have that. I just need to find that. If I could get like an extra hour of my day to write these scripts. <laughs> Cause I got a three or four ideas where I'm like, fuck, even a Christmas movie. I have a good idea for a Christmas movie. I'll tell you off there. I don't want this idea to be stolen. Out. This, this, this is a right. Right. Have you ever seen orange County? 
Yeah, I have seen that. It's a fun movie. Tom Hanks' son. Yeah, Colin Hanks. Yeah, it's a um, it's another one of those perfect movies. Like, uh, in the sense of like, you know exactly what he wants. He states what he wants. Like, all he's ever wanted to do was go to um, Stanford or whatever. And then <clears throat> the whole second act is him trying to get in and it failing. Like, he yeah. tries this way and it doesn't work. He tries this way and it doesn't work. He tries this way and it doesn't work. You know, and then the movie ends, wraps up with him deciding not to go or him getting in, but like choosing to stay home. But yeah, it's a perfectly written movie. Yeah, you really um, appreciate, when you want to write movies, you appreciate the movies who nail that concept so very well. Yeah. Um, that's why Die Hard was so popular because Die Hard, he has to stop. Like superhero movies are great because they could follow that script so well. Right. You have to save the day. That's that's my goal. I've got to save right. the day. And then there's that false defeat where right. or then there's the part right before the big victory. Like superhero movies do this so well, where it's like the hero is not gonna win. And you're right. a little bit they call that in the in the book, there's a book called Save the Cat, and he breaks down each part, and they call that the all is lost moment. And there's right. really better books out there than Save the Cat, but that's a really popular one. Um and and there's that moment where it's like, you know. Like in the movie Christmas Vacation, when the the Christmas tree burns, uh, starts on fire and the squirrel and, right. and the whole family is going to leave. Like his mom and dad are like, we're going to get out of here. Right. Like, ah, okay. no fucking leaving. You know what I mean? <laughs> when Santa's fat ass comes on this chimney, he's going to see the right. fuckers this side of whatever. Um, and you know, he loses his mind. That's the part where it's like, all right, our guy's not going to figure it out. But then it makes right. it makes the win that much more happy. Um, right. I'm jealous of you smoking a cigarette because I haven't had one in a really long time. And my <laughs> listeners know I'm not a regular smoker, but I'm a guy who likes to have a beer and a cigarette here or there. And it's yeah. been a long enough time where I really would like one. So well, that's why because I was I was drinking. I was but like yeah. my my goal, like how you my goal is always like um the more I read about it, the more like like they say, like to agitate an audience is to somehow mess up that formula yeah. you know like movies that mess up that formula or rearrange that formula kind of stick with us like because they were saying like right people have a sense if you see a horror movie or you see like any fucking movie like goodfellas i mean within like five seconds you figure like okay well everyone's gonna die or be fucked up but ray Liotta's gonna be okay yeah. and he is okay technically at the end like um so anytime you kind of mess up that, you know, it really kind of like sticks with people because it's like, right. That That's why it was worth it. You could also hit them with surprises where it's yeah. like, that's technically part of the formula. Cause I remember reading these books being like, that fucking is boring to me. Or is really every movie filed these same beats. And then yeah. I start watching a bunch of movies. I'm like, yeah, they do. They like, all do. Um, but you learn the most from reading scripts the books are nice for like the formatting stuff that we all hate. Like you have to start right. every scene with interior bedroom night, like, you know, <laughs> set the scene, exterior school building daytime, like shit like right. that. It's tedious. And it's like not fun. Uh, but uh, I remember at the time I was, I dropped out of college. I wanted to be a screenwriter before a comedian. Me so too. I dropped out of college and I wanted to write scripts. Cause I was, I grew up loving John Hughes. And at the time I was into like a lot of different comedies <laughs> And it's so funny, you know, I, you know, okay, I grew up in Lake Forest, so I was in high school with John Hughes Jr., 
Um, Yeah, he he was older. He's like four years, three years older than me. Yeah, three or four. I was a young freshman and he was a senior. Um, He was super goth. Like he was complete opposite of every character his dad wrote, you know, like, um, but yeah, John Hughes, I was a huge John Hughes fan. Like he was like he was Mr. Formula with that shit with teen movies. Well, he even said, I saw an interview with him where, but then he got to this level. He could do that in the interview. Steve Martin and John Candy were talking about how like nobody writes a script faster than John Hughes. He's like known for that. He'll be like, He'll just like he wrote Ferris Bueller's Day Off in six days. Like that's crazy. It's crazy. So his whole notion or his idea is that because he even said in the interview goes to me the script is the outline. You're gonna go through 200 rewrites anyway. So I just I write fast because I'm like I want to get to this point where when I show the studio they're like oh yeah we'll make this because we know you're gonna make it better along the way. They kind of what's your favorite John Hughes movie? Um, when I was a kid, it was breakfast club. I think all time it's Ferris Bueller's day off because that's like, well, no matter if I'm in a bad mood and that movie comes on, it'll cheer me up. But right. Uncle Buck is so fucking good. Right. Um, Home Alone is great. Uh, Pleasure mm-hmm. Automobiles is really funny. Um, what am I missing? It's just, there's a, you know, Christmas vacation. He wrote the script that they didn't yeah. direct. It, he wrote it. Um, but yeah, I was really a big guy. Um, 16 candles fan. 16 Candles is a great movie. Um, but yeah, I wanted to do that stuff. But I remember, so when I dropped out of college when I was like 21-ish, um, I started reading script. I read, like American Pie as a script is amazing. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. the, the four characters, what do they want? They want to get laid. Right. They, then they make a pact. We got to get laid by right. prom. So the whole movie's mm-hmm. taking you up to that moment. Right. And the whole second act is them trying to get laid. They're trying to like right, and then the end is the third act is maybe it's not all it's cracked up to be, and there's more, you right. know, right? All that kind of shit. We left to learn right. a lesson. So right. yeah, I mean, I feel like feel like if anyone, any young screenwriters out there, I just read, get your hands on as many scripts as possible. Read the books too to get the like general idea. By definitely right. reading the scripts, so it'll make you go, "Holy shit! All right, I got this. This is." You know what's so crazy? I saw this on um, fucking uh. Facebook, <clears throat> um, it's, it, I was like, it's so dope. And it's like, I'm not a super fan of Spike Lee or whatever. Um, I love Malcolm X, like, but I'm not like a super fan of his movies, but he, um, I guess like in his, I, I think maybe it was auctioned off or something. Maybe someone purchased it, but he hand wrote, do the right thing. He hand wrote the whole script. Oh, so man. it's on notebook paper. With like interior Dane, you know, it's the dialogue. It's all handwritten, fucking 120 pages almost, handwritten in his hand, like with a Great black movie. pen. I'm like, that's, but I'm like, that's crazy that, like, because I guess he just didn't have access to like a computer or a typewriter, and like he just made copies of that, you know, to. So, like, that's kind of what started motivating me to think, like, you know, that guy greenlit and he was able to hand out, like, notebook paper. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, copied notebook paper for, you know, for the other actors. Like, then I can write a treatment. 
Yeah, I think you just have to force yourself to get it down on paper and then you'll reread it, reread it and be like, nope, changing that, changing that. You'll you'll rewrite the shit out of it. I, I don't right. know. It inspire me. I kind of want to get back to writing. I have a couple scripts. I wrote a screenplay that I I had a couple friends read it and give me some notes. I met right. one woman who worked for a production company. She saw me at the improv in Hollywood. And I mm-hmm. just I didn't have any representation, so I was just talking to her, and I got her email, and I'm like, oh, I, so I can send you something? She's like, yeah, sure. And I sent it to her, and I never heard anything, so it's kind of like, oh, <laughs> um, but who knows? Maybe she never read it, though. Maybe she was just like, who the fuck sent this again? Or maybe the format was bad, because the format, they will not read it. I had my one friend when I was writing a, a pilot, my buddy immediately was like, dude, I'm glad you sent this to me first, because... Right. Read past the first or second page because you. Right. I sent it to two people who like. Um. I don't even remember who I sent it to. I feel so shitty, but like. Um. Kind of like when people were super into Black Lives Matter. (laughs) A couple like writers or screenwriters or people were on Twitter being like, "Black writers, send me your stuff. I will. I will give you honest feedback or whatever." And I sent it to like sent my pilot that I wrote about stalking to like two people. And that's the first thing they said, like, Oh, this format's horrible. Like, you know, the first two pages. I mean, and I'm like, you're, you guys are acting like I just wrote it in pair. Like, I'm just like, what is it? Not one space over to the, but I'm just like, I can't about that. The whole industry is literally like, I remember hearing stories where they're, if you have the wrong, like if you hit the fucking again, too much space between one letter or, or not one letter, but like, right. it's like the littlest, tiniest shit where you're like, fuck off. Is the right. story good? It has one fix that. Get your goddamn secretary on that. I know. So I know. But that that was the note. This was like, I can't, I can't do that. Like, I, I it fucks up my uh, focus for writing. Like, I just want to okay. just write. I don't want to think about, like, is it formatted right? Or... And some of these books contradict each other. I've read books where they're like, it's lazy writing to say, think this. And I'm like, what? Because I've read scripts where they're like, the main character, you know, um, walks into the bar, think, you know, fucking um, Keanu Reeves in Matrix. So then I kind of like that as I'm reading it because I'm like, all right, I can picture what this guy looks like. It's right, just right, right, right. Instead of saying tall, dark, or whatever, you know, right. you're this dude. All right, I got it. Keanu Reeves type is what we're going for here. Great. Like, right. and some books are like, don't do that. But other books are like, yes, fucking do that because Hollywood loves that shit because they could immediately imagine, oh, maybe this person will read this script and like, and we could sell it to them. If not, who who's next on that list of people who are, at right. that, you know, anyway. It's crazy shit though. I just wish they weren't. It's weird because it's like this supposed to be like artists and creativity, and you're bitching about right. a fucking comma. <laughs> right. Right. Because okay. I, I mean, because in like those books that like I've heard that some people say the most important thing is making sure that the the um the indentations are enough on the left hand side because scripts have three hole punches and you know the braiding. So it's like no script can be too far over to the left. Like I get that makes sense but like everything else with like the diet like ah, software like, I final draft is the official but caltex is pretty good too i think it's called yeah, i downloaded like arc pro somebody gave me their um final final draft draft um stuff but like 
I just uh, Joe, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Either. I just couldn't do it. All right, let me wrap up now. And thank you so much for doing this podcast. It's been so much fun catching up to you. I feel like we're gonna we're gonna hit like stop recording and talk about some other shit. Um, mm-hmm. You want to hang out to do a little bonus? Sure, just five ten minutes or something. Um, okay. Because we did now. Nah, fuck. We'll talk about that right now, and then I'll get to my closing thing. Okay. Nah, fuck it. We'll save it for the bonus. Let's get some money out of these people. <laughs> just kidding. Um, so I do a thing where I end each podcast with a game of fuck, Mary kill. Okay. Right. Classic game. Everyone loves it. Now okay. what I had been doing was pulling out. I have a big bin of all my old DVDs cause I had to clear off shelf space. So I just put them in a big ass fucking thing. And that bin now has gotten buried under a bunch of toys because you know, my kids got new toys, moving old toys out of the way. Mm-hmm. I had a, a new idea. What I want to do starting going forward. Okay. Depending on where my guest is from, that's how I'll choose my fuck Mary Kill candidates. Because before I would just pick movies and then I'd be like, oh, this randomly I'd pick this movie and you get to fuck this person who started the movie, right? Okay. So, Erica, because you were born on the south side of Chicago, mm-hmm. I have picked, I did a little Googling, I picked three celebrities who are from the south side of Chicago. Okay. And you do fuck Mary Kill. Now, I didn't pick any women. Normally, I do men or women. It doesn't matter. Guys have had to bang guys. That happens, right? Okay. Straight dudes. Um, Now, here's your choices to fuck, marry, kill. Common. 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 Okay. From the south side. Mm Mm-hmm. 87. Kanye West. From 95th. Yes. Okay. There you go. And the third choice is John C. Riley. Now, what's funny about that, because I was going through and I was like, how do I pick this? If you kill the white guy, people are going to call you racist. <laughs> I'm not going to kill. You know who I'm going to kill? No, Because I, I hate this person. I hate him. I'm going to kill Common. You're going to kill Common? Why do you hate Common? I hate Common. I hate his music. I hate his voice. I hate his head. I hate him. I, I, okay, so. Little side note, this is five seconds. When that when it comes to rap, like I have like all the rap that I really like is like I imagine like workout rap, right? Like like something that I could like run to or like box to. Like I like like aggressive, not necessarily lyrics, but beats. Like, I want to be able to see no, I hear you. And if I could add to that, yeah, I determine a rap song is good if I could watch sports highlights to the song. Exactly. Like, I want to see people dunking. I want to hear, imagine people punching like a boxer. Like, yeah, I don't deal with, like, comment and it's, like, the incense burning from your head. Like, no, I kill common. Okay? Kill common. Do you know who Superhead is? No. Superhead? Uh, Corinne Stephens? Okay, so Corinne Stephens wrote this book. She, she fucked a bunch of rappers, right? Married rappers and she her name sounds them. familiar, but I don't know the superhead. Well, that's her nickname. Uh, oh, her, oh, oh, that's obvious. Then, right? Superhead, yeah. Um, but her name is Corinne Stephens. Um, but anyway, so in a book, she said that Kanye had like a really, really big dick. So I fuck Kanye, and I guess I'd marry John C. Riley because that's just that makes sense. Because even if Kanye didn't, though. He's a better looking man than John C. Riley. So you'd probably want to bang him. Also, right. 
you don't have to have sex in marriage. So you could just, exactly. you could Riley. I, could just I could just be Mrs. John C. Riley, you just know, White Castle all day long. Yeah. I don't know the perks that come with being married to John C. Riley. He's funny. He, he seems like it'd be a fun guy to play video games with and just mm -hmm. fuck watch reruns. <laughs> right. Like Kanye, I feel like I'd be, I'd have to be like too dressed up all the time. I'd have to be like perfect. And you got to deal with some of the, the, you know, the mood the craziness. Wouldn't that be crazy if John C. Riley was also swinging some pipe? <laughs> I feel like, like this is one. He's a tall guy. <laughs> Just saying. Right. He could. He could have some pipe. He could be laying pipe. Did she who so this woman who's banged all the rappers? Did she say any of them were like pathetic? Like, did she really like Yes? She literally has their name. Like, I mean, th there's no, it's like Jay-Z. Short dick, really thick, horrible to look at while he's having sex. Like DMX takes too long to come, breath smells badly, big dick. Like it's like I could see his breath smelling badly because of the way he sings. Because it's a lot of like, you know, like so if you right, something right. diaphragm too much. If right. you're coming from your stomach, I feel like that's because they say bad breath is really from the stomach. Right, you know, more than like you didn't brush your teeth. It could mean you just have a bad diet. That's those people usually right. really, uh, bad. So, like, like that's how she literally says them. So that was her first book. Like she was like Shaq, really small penis, sweats too much while he's having sex, had to change the mattress every time we had sex, would soak through the mattress with sweat. Like she's horrifically honest. And then her second book. All these fucking people put a gag order on her. So then she would just talk in like, like she'd be like, okay, oh. fuck this guy, black guy nominated for an Oscar. And you're like, well, what the fuck? Okay. So then you have to do like a process of elimination. Like, well, who Jamie is she talking Right. You're like Jamie Foxx, Denzel Washington, Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah. Guy, so like, moonlight, whose name I can't pronounce. Who? That one guy who was in, um, Moonlight. Moonlight. What's his name? Yeah. Okay. I can't even. Yeah. So then you start trying to figure out who she's talking about. And then it's not so fun. But the first book, loads of fun. <clears throat> like she said, she sucked, met the man's dick so long she got a nosebleed. Like that's, I didn't even know that that was like a, a level. I don't think that has anything to do with Method Man. I think that's more of a <laughs> thing. Like, like she had something going on with herself. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, oh, I wrote him so hard my teeth fell out. Like, that's, that's you. That was a you thing. Your mouth was fucked up. Your nose, you did a bunch of coke probably. Right. And, you know. But I always remember that. I'm just like, I didn't know that that was like a possibility. Like and like I always think that if I'm giving a blowjob and I feel like it's going on too long, I always feel like my nose is gonna start bleeding. Now, granted, because you read? huh? Because, because of that, but I'm like, right? She was probably on cocaine, but like, um, but yeah, she's in. Um, she started off being like a video vixen, so she's in like every early 2000s video. She's in it. She's in all the mystical. She's in Big Pimpin. With Jay Z, um, that's where she fucked Jay Z before the shoot to be in the video. Wow, 
Yeah, so she she's uh she's uh, probably been in like 10, 12 like respect Beyonce less knowing she's married to a guy who's not good according to Superhead. Exactly. So then it makes me wonder because Superhead said that Beyonce had to be a virgin when she fucked Jay-Z. Because she said that Jay-Z's dick is really short and nobody would be bragging about Jay-Z's dick if they had yeah. fucked multiple people. Well, maybe Jay-Z's really good at going downtown. Maybe he's good at licking puss. <laughs> I don't know why I had to like explain. You know what I meant by downtown. I don't know why I had to like, <laughs> Fully understood the first time, but you're just like, just in case you don't know where downtown is, yeah. it's Puss City. I get it. I yeah. get it. <laughs> I get it. It's not an open tweet like that. Who the fuck was it? Anyway, um, oh Nicole Amy uh, Schreiber, you know her. She's a comedian. She had something really funny where it's like, um, Santa Claus is gonna be coming down this chimney and eating all this puss or something like that. <laughs> and you laugh really hard. It's a good tweet. <laughs> I feel bad when I can't remember who I need to give credit to. You know, you like you remember something funny, and you're like, oh, mm -hmm. I want to give them credit, but I, I can't remember who said it. You just That's take it. that credit, Joe. You I'm gonna take that credit and <laughs> run with it. Um, you were, that was a fun fuck Mary Kill because you gave me all that inside information on what rappers are are doing what downstairs. Right. Um, you ever have a fear that you're gonna end up in someone's book like that? I don't know. Like, I've never fucked. I've messed around with some people who are like C-list famous, but not like an A-list. Like, I don't know. Like, C-list could become A-list. They could. Or I could become A-list and they could just go around and be like, I fucked Erica. That's true, too. Like, That's true. Because I, I did... Uh, I did enjoy my 20s, if you know what I mean. <laughs> No, I got around the block. Do you mean? I got around the block a couple times. I went downtown. No, I'm just kidding. I got around yeah. the block a couple times. Well, into my thirties, yes. Um, you got to. That's what yeah. that time for. A guy, I um, I think I told you this. A guy that I uh, messed around with, like a one night stand, like when I was like 21. Um, saw him at a comedy show at House of Blues. Like randomly, they're on a date. And uh, I was like, oh, holy shit. Like, that's crazy. I didn't even remember him. That's how much of a whore I was. But he remembered me. But uh, so we rekindled, not like rekindled, like I have a boyfriend, but like, you know, yeah. follow each other on Facebook. And he is like a humongous Trump supporter, like oh, a humongous yeah. Republican, like ick, ick, right? Yeah. And like, he doesn't really post anything about it, but he'll like post a picture with like, oh, got to see, he got to play, you know, golf with Trump. Like he worked on his campaign and it's like, ick. But then like um, my mother passed away. He sent like this huge thing of roses to the funeral with a check. Really? Right? Being like, I hope this makes everything okay. And it's like, well, you trumper. And then um, he sent me for Christmas, for my birthday slash Christmas, he invested in some like steak company. And he like sent me like all these steaks and shit for my birthday. Like these like prime aged 14 ounce <laughs> steak. So it makes it difficult to um, 
You know what I mean? <laughs> no, I get it. You want to hate on him, but he's being nice. So it's a little bit like, and oh, he's always nice. Do. And he's not like, like he'll put something up about Trump and I will be a dickhead and be like, your leader is a fucking piece of shit. And he'll like it. He'll like <laughs> the comment. Like he likes you. He's clearly, <laughs> I, know. I don't know how your boyfriend's cool with this. The guy's cool. Well, he's probably cool with the check. Why not? But this guy's clearly planting seeds. He's thinking, I'm just going to break free and remember who he gave her state. He never state. writes back. Like he never, and I'm a dickhead. I'm just like, you're a piece of shit for liking this guy. And he'll just be like the ha 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 or the like. He never goes back and forth with me. That's strange. I just don't know what the end game is. You know what I mean? Don't know what the I don't know what the end game is. He if was like the only fans, I guarantee he's gonna be in that top tier. Yes. He's, he's a good looking guy, but yeah, he's just super Trump fan. He was like on he was on one season of The Bachelorette. Um I have a friend who seasons of The Bachelor. Huh? My friend Amber James did a couple seasons of The Bachelor. Right. Wow. She was a waitress at Timothy O'Toole's. You've probably seen her before. She's cool. Timothy O'Toole's. Timothy O'Toole's. Redhead? No. No. I, no. Brunette? Uh, dark. She's half black, half white. So close to your hair no. color. Um, Absolutely no. Never seen her before. No? She was there all the I've time. Never seen, I've never seen any mixed people at Timothy O'Toole's. I've never seen any people of color. <laughs> not a lot but there's like a handful you know technically my dad worked there right yeah i know that but before it was timothy o'toole's yeah i know that right it was it was the dingbats <laughs> yeah i know we talked about that in the last podcast and i fucking love that name it cracks me up <laughs> the cubs announcer though well not announcer he like did like a couple innings mark grace he does like yeah he's on that new cubs network yeah of course everyone knows mark grace a big hitter in the 90s um he got suspended and fined. This is how st- a little stupid things are. He called his ex-wife a dingbat like during a couple <laughs> broadcast this past season. <laughs> and I remember people being like upset about it. But in my head, I'm like, he didn't say all women are dingbats. He said my w- ex-wife is a dingbat. But and a dingbat is like something Archie Bunker would say. Yeah. To- how do you get go for calling your ex-wife a name? That's like the people who are calling me a misogynist for doing a joke about my wife. Where I'm like, you don't think my wife gave the green light on that joke? Right. Like, like she didn't hear this joke. Right. It'd be one thing if you're going on there. If he was like, you know what, guys? After this guy did bats, I'm going to tell you what. <laughs> ding bats. Let's discuss in the fifth. He didn't do that. He called like ding bats. Bat. Like, it's just it's like it's like a meathead. It's like a a it's almost dark. a cosmic. Dodo bird. I don't know. It's Dodo. not. It's not. I if someone called me a dingbat, I don't. I don't think I need like counseling after that. No, I know people need to fucking relax. Again, that's not, like I could hear someone being like, you know, he probably shouldn't be making fun of his ex-wife during a baseball broadcast. I could see that being like said, but this idea to be like, how dare he call a woman a dingbat? I'm like, this is somebody he had a relationship with. He's known her. He's not saying all women are dingbats. Like, can we get to that point in society? Like, once I that's that's why I really I just really want us to get to a point where there you could joke a little bit and it's fun 
and we right. know it's a joke and there's no hate behind it. And I'm not yeah. saying that you pick on people because that's not punching down. You're making fun right. of someone you know specifically. There's no right. punching up or down. And there. You're calling them something that is such like a tongue in cheek, like yeah, she's a real dingbat. I'll tell you what, Bob. <laughs> After you know, speaking of double right. plays, like I don't know, you know. So <laughs> All right, Erica, tell people where they can find you, and then I'm going to bother you for another 10 minutes or so on the little bonus podcast. Okay. Um, you can find me, Erica Nicole Clark, on Facebook, comic Erica Clark, because I couldn't fit it on Twitter, uh, Erica Nicole Clark on Instagram. I'm not on any of the other things, TikTok and all that shit, even though I should be. Uh, yeah, I will. Tomorrow I'm doing a taping for B. Cole. I don't think that's open. <laughs> Everyone should check out your Comedy Central clips and leave good comments on there. Leave good comments. Yeah, it's on Comedy Central. CC Stand Up. I'm sure it's somewhere, whatever. They, they, they play their clips every Saturday on Facebook Live, too. So for some reason, I'm in that rotation, which really helps out with my followers on Instagram and Twitter and shit. Um. It is, I'm better than those jokes are. It makes me really mad because I say them all differently now. But yes, so that's where you can find me. Awesome. Other than that, you can find me on the south side. Yes, don't go <laughs> stock, Erica. Though. You did say what street you were near. You, you well, said something nice a couple times. Yeah, oh, I'm, yes. Well, I'm not. Way, anyone listening to this podcast would be afraid to go to 79th. I'm sure you're never. And it's like I like everyone thinks I'm joking. My friends from Lake Forest are like terrified for me. Terrified. You feel safe though, right? I I um I feel safe because I'm oblivious to like I don't it's not like I'm walking around. I go to the corner store because cigarettes, it's like 1985 outside. Cigarettes are seven dollars over here for some reason. Um, because I think they get it from Indiana, so I like go there and I go to Jewel. I like I'm not really out, so it's like I, you know, my boyfriend owns him and his dad own a building, so it's just like, and his always oh, one of those evil landlords we talked about earlier. He's an evil landlord, and we're at the top floor, and then there's a girl in the middle, and then his aunt is on the first floor. And there's nothing but houses over here. There's no apartment buildings. So there's bungalows? no. Yeah, they're all the Chicago style bungalows all down the street. There's no other apartment building on the street. So it's like, even though everyone's like, oh, it's 79th and it's the south side, it's nothing but a bunch of little kids and grandmas sitting on the front porch. Like, so nothing really ever happens over well, here. Well, I mean, obviously there's violence down there and there's murder. Yeah. You know, there's. Duh. But it's also, there's so many, I hate these fucking assholes. I'll see them comment on something in Twitter. Like, like Lori Lightfoot will have a tweet and mm -hmm. one of the comments will be like, um, how about you make it so that bullets aren't whizzing by people's heads every minute? And I'm like, what world, are, what video game are you playing where you think right. that's outside? We're literally walking, just fucking dodging. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. Well, yeah. everybody... Yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I heard somebody on Twitter say that someone was saying, "Oh, they're such a Bulls fan. They've been a Bulls fan since they were six years old, and they've always wanted to go to a game, but they're too scared to come to Chicago to go to a Bulls game." And I'm like, "Are you a fuck? Are you for real? Like, do you really think 
and coming from O'Hara and going to like, what the fuck do you think is going to happen to you? Like major <laughs> cities, make sure people don't get killed at sporting events. <laughs> Just don't play like, LeBron better than Jordan and you'll be all right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, cause I, I thought I was just like, people were so, and I'm like, I hate that Chicago has a reputation because it was way more dangerous when I was a teenager, like sneaking yeah. to the city and it'd be like 900 people were murdered this, you know, it's like, but um, yeah, I, that guy in Rockford, you know, they put it up on Instagram about that guy in Rockford who shot in that, um, Bowling alley, you you heard about that, right? I my brain is mush these days. Can you? What is it again? It was like on Christmas Eve, maybe. Like there were people. Oh, on yeah, a- I heard about that. But it was in Rockford. But like on Instagram, they posted it. Like man walks into an Illinois bowling alley, and then all the comments were like, "Man, fucking Chicago's fucking crazy." I'm like, this is Rockford. This is nowhere in Chicago. This is not even Cook County. This is not like it was just so frustrating because it's just like well, it is like Rockford. There, Chicago. When it comes to like violence per capita or murder per capita, Rockford's more dangerous. Yeah, <laughs> right. in top ten. Right, Atlanta's like, more dangerous. Memphis, Atlanta. You know, we're really dangerous. Memphis. Memphis, right. So like, like I said that when I was uh, went to Atlanta and the crowd didn't like or not Atlanta Memphis because I'm like people Chicago's not even in the top twenty but I'm like people act like they're so scared to come to Chicago I'm like Memphis you guys have a fucking TV show you have first forty eight based in your city <laughs> like your fucking city is so dangerous you guys have a murder reality show like yeah, a city like memphis will have 150 murders they have 200,000 people <laughs> we have like six seven hundred but we have three million people like that's a big huge... yeah, difference right i think we're like baltimore, baltimore i mean Chicago's mostly safe sad mm-hmm. unfortunately because of a lot of bullshit um, with a lot of racist segregation, there are four, four to five neighborhoods that are very dangerous. A couple on the west side, a couple on the south side, and it sucks. It does, um, but it does when I see shit on nationally. I remember getting gas once. I was driving from LA to Chicago I was uh-huh. once, and um, this guy said, "I think I was in New Mexico, maybe I was in Oklahoma." I said something like, "Oh, you're from Illinois?" I'm like, "Yeah." He's like. Hate Illinois. I'm like, would you have a bad time there or something? He's like, no, it's where Obama's from. And I'm like, okay. And that's why people use Chicago. That's what when Trump says Chicago, it's like it really is code and it's racist. Reagan did it originally. Ronald Reagan would talk about the Chicago woman on welfare. Yes. Code to all his followers, meaning mm-hmm. Chicago, right? That was like they use Chicago or Detroit when they're trying to not be racist, but really like wink, wink to their racist friends. Right. Yeah. And like, they know they'll never win Chicago. So it's easy to trash. Right. And it's such a, and it's like every person who comes to Chicago to visit, it's like, Oh my God, this is the greatest city in the world. Like I remember I had a friend, like a, uh, uh, she was from New York. Uh, my best friend's roommate, college roommate. She was from New York, never been to Chicago. And she thought, like, this is a New Yorker, a New Yorker who acts like they're so fucking smart. And t- she thought Lake Michigan was like, like, you could go around it. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
you know, she's like, oh, what the hell is that? I'm like, that's Lake Michigan. And she's like, oh, I thought, I'm like, you can see it on the map. It's a great think- lake. It's literally <laughs> called a great lake. Like, do you think you could see Lake Michigan on a map if you could just walk around that shit? <laughs> I remember yeah. driving with a comment, a comedian. This comedian flew out from New York to do this, to like open for me. You know, funny business. They just kind of paired us together. Mm-hmm. Uh, on in the upper peninsula of Michigan. So it was like Sault Ste. Marie, which is like in the border of the upper peninsula in Canada. Yeah. And then go to La Crosse, Wisconsin, then Duluth, Minnesota. So it was like mm-hmm. so much driving. It was a really stupid weekend. But uh, when we went around the northern tip of Lake Michigan, I'm like, oh, that's like between the northern tip. Uh-huh. <laughs> you just dropped your fucking. Anyway, yeah. Yeah. I went, I go, yeah, that's Lake Michigan. He's like, that. He looked at me, he goes, that's a fucking ocean. That's that's, yes. not a lake. that's an ocean. I'm like, I was laughing, but I then I thought about it. I go, you know, if you're not from the Midwest or if you're not from the Great Lakes region, seeing right. it for the first time has to kind of blow your mind a little bit. Right. Because I think, you know, they think, right. They think like lake, lake. And I'm just like, if you could see it on a map, it's probably bigger than something you could just like. Cause she's like, oh, I thought you could just like be in a like a rowboat and just, you know, row across the other side. Oh, okay. I was like, you go ahead and do that. <laughs> there are dead bodies in that lake for sure. <laughs> for sure. All right, Erica, I'm going to keep you along for a little bonus. Everyone, thanks for listening to the podcast. Please support Erica. Follow her on all the platforms she mentioned before. Just search Erica Nicole Clark. They'll all pop up. Um, tell your friends about the YouTube channel. Let's close out 2020 strong. Um, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Happy holidays to everyone wherever you celebrate. And uh, let's all let's all kick ass in 2021, everyone. Yay. Right. Yeah, cheers.